Hey all, welcome to Eat Drink Social. My name is Michael Moeller, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and the Go Social team. Go Social is a PR and social media marketing firm with offices in both Denver, Colorado, and Louisville, Kentucky. We'll be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. And if you have any questions and want to reach out, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or you can visit our website at www.goforthbesocial.com. Happy to be joined now by Rev Ciancio from New York. Rev is a uh, marketing guru of all, of all types, digital strategist, decades of experience, I think, by now, and also a quote-unquote expert burger taster. Uh, Rev, thanks for coming on and joining us today. Thank you for having me. I also believe that zombies are real. Rad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's a, that's oh, a, no. that's a topic for another podcast. Maybe I, like to, I, I really like to explore that a little bit. Um, but uh, so, so, you know, you're, you're, you're on this podcast right now because, uh, we, we like to explore kind of the, the influencer space and in social media and how that ties into, uh, brand goals and visions. Um, and you know, you have a, quite a following uh through both your blog and uh your instagram account as well uh so i was just wondering uh, if you could just give us kind of a brief history of of yourself and how you got to this point it's a very long story i will keep it very topical um i used to fancy myself as a music journalist that is a very powerful way of saying that i sucked at it but i like doing it um and then i got into the music business and i did not want to write about my job so I started writing about food instead, and this would have been like 2003. Uh, my first website was cheesesteaks.com, and I found out very quickly two very important things, that the further you got away from Philadelphia, the lower quality of sandwich and the less people who cared. So <laughs> I took that failed food blog and started writing a hot wing blog, which also failed. Uh, and then I started writing a burger blog, and then that's the one that sort of blew up uh, and you know transformed now to 2019, and Instagram has become a food blog, essentially. Um, and so most of my content gets generated there, and I don't really put a whole lot on my blog so much anymore, um, other than maybe like a rather large quarterly or bi-quarterly article on how to do hospitality marketing or something with influencer marketing. There's the, there's the short version. I, uh, I also believe pizza is religion. Pizza is religion for sure. Um, I was when I was doing my research before you came on the show today. I'm actually a former metalhead myself, and I saw that you oh, were. God uh, bless. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I saw that you are. You manage bands like God Forbid and Shadows Fall, and you know it sounds like you're really a jack of all trades. And I was wanting, I was wanting to know what your current business ventures were. <laughs> so we'll step it back for two seconds. So my ver- the first part of my part. Uh, professional career i'm throwing air quotes there uh, i spent 11 years in the music business managing bands um so yeah i spent and one day i like stood up and was like god i hate music uh and i really wanted to get into the hospitality business and um i opened up a bar and i started like writing a food blog and do i literally took the same marketing skills i was using for bands and applying it to um uh, to, to restaurants and hospitality. And so now people ask me like, Oh, what's the big difference between the hospitality business and the, and the, uh, the rock and roll biz. My answer is always the same. Well, you can download a hamburger. And if you really, really like that hamburger, you might buy it more than once. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for sure. 
but in my but to answer your question more directly, um, for the last say decade or so, um, I've really been ensconced in you know location based marketing, so like online digital marketing for businesses with storefronts. Um, heavily focused in the hospitality business, I clearly like food. Uh, that's how we connected. Um, but my 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 trade, my industry, my skill set. Um, and experiences based around, uh, you know, how should location-based businesses market online for local customers? So whether that's search, whether that's listings management, whether that's, um, you know, reputation management, how you manage online reviews, stuff like that, social media, that kind of type of stuff. Speaking of uh, reviews, I know you're a big proponent of Yelp reviews and everything that Yelp has to offer. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, I have a couple questions, I guess, pertaining to that is one, um, why do you find Yelp beneficial? But then also, do you find yourself as a former um, bar owner uh, to be a little bit more nuanced in the ways of reviewing uh, another business? Uh, we'll tackle that in reverse. So do I write a lot of reviews? No. Um, I understand how reviews work. We'll break that down in a quick second here. So typically, I'm actually a very standard kind of Yelper. I almost never review, and when I do, it's either because like I had an amazing experience or like I had such a bad experience that I need to send a signal to the business owner or to other potential customers that this could happen to them, which is very atypical of, of somebody who who's writing reviews. But um, I, let me put it to you this way. So here's what most businesses don't understand um about reviews most people i think of uh, who own small businesses primarily restaurants look at yelp or ratings reviews as like a form of customer service you know you said something about my business i should either reply or not or say thank you or i'm sorry like we kind of all get that right that is because for a very long time before the internet customer service was something that happens once a customer walked in your door and was done when they left well the internet and especially in the last couple of years has changed that customer service starts online and customer service ends online as well right so before anybody walks into any business they're going to go search online even if they just want directions they're still going to google they're still going to yell foursquare facebook being TripAdvisor, even if it's just get the, the hours of, of operation Right, so the customer journey starts online and people are searching for a business online. So you need to be managing that information. And part of managing that information is managing your ratings and reviews. Right now, in 2016, Google came out and said there are three factors that we consider when somebody searches for a local business distance, relevance, and prominence. Okay, those first two are about data. So if I search for something near me or in a town, Google's looking for a correct address. Right. Uh, relevance, the second piece of that. So if I go best pizza near me, what am I searching for? I'm hungry. I want lunch. I want a pizza. Pizza is the is the relevant piece of, of what Google's talking about there. And that last piece, prominence, Google defines prominence as basically your ratings and reviews as they compare to your competitors. Right. So Google is choosing which restaurants or businesses to bring up in search results based on the aggregate of their total rating. So if a business is not out there managing their ratings reviews, they're not replying to customers, positive or negative, they're leaving that they're leaving that to the wind. If their competitors are doing it, they probably have more reviews and they're getting better search results. And so I think a lot of biz, small business owners, you know, in particular restaurant owners, don't know that the power of Yelp. They don't understand the power of ratings reviews. And while I think it's probably atypical for a restaurant owner to be like, I hate Yelp, people just go there to complain. Well. 
true. But if you don't go there and tell the people who gave you a five star, thank you. And you don't go there and tell the people who gave you one star, I'm sorry, how can I fix it? You're not sending a signal to other customers that you care enough about your business to care about what people say about you online. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's you bring up a lot of really great points. Um, the next thing that we want to talk about is a book that you've authored called Six Recipes for Restaurant Marketing Success. Could you tell us what inspired you to write that book and then also maybe uh, hit on a couple of the points from that? Sure. So, I mean, I love – I have a passion for restaurants. I have a passion for restaurant business, and I truly feel for the plight of a small business owner. You know, typically a lot of restaurateurs and restaurant operators don't start their business because – they're incredibly, you know, savvy businessmen or savvy, you know, business marketers. They like have a passion for food or customer service or people or, you know what I'm saying? And so building a marketing skill set for a small business owner is just, I mean, it's table stakes, but it just doesn't happen that often. Right. And so I sort of look at my career calling as like, how can I help you? Like, how can I, you know, you don't need to be a marketer. I'll help you do it. I will teach you just the things that you need to know to be really good enough to stand among your competition. And that book, Six Restaurant or Six Recipes for Restaurant Marketing Success, is basically a guide to the six things that you need to do as a restaurant, regardless of one location or a billion. Right. These are the six things that make up digital marketing in 2019 and beyond. Right. And if you're not doing those six things, you're going to get smoked by the competition that it is. Um, and, and quite simply, they're really it's about, um, you know, managing your information everywhere it lives online. So, you know, business listings like on Google, Yelp, Bing, Yahoo, Foursquare, TripAdvisor, all of these places have information about your business that customers are using in search. That's number one. Number two is reputation management. Um, number three is something called a landing page. Do you guys know what landing pages are? Sure. So, right. So if you go search for a business and they have multiple locations, right, each store essentially is a small business or a local business. Like regardless of your McDonald's, you know, your big boy or you're like the pizza place around the corner for me, the information to me is only relevant at a local level. So I don't care about the information in Tuscaloosa. I care about the stuff that's around the corner for me here in the city. So essentially, I need one page that has your hours of operation, your, you know, the, what credit cards you take, what's on your menu, and I only need them for the store near me. Building a, a single page for all that information, almost like a miniature website, is great for the customer journey, but it also has like wild search results, right? Because again, Google's result, you know, when you're searching for a business, Google's giving you local results, not you know, national brand, multi-channel results. So th those are a couple of the points in the book. There's also some stuff in there on how to use social media as a restaurant and where in the marketing stack it should fall, um, which is honestly last. If you're not managing your, your listings, all that information on Yelp or managing your ratings and reviews, like there's no point in spending a ton of money on having a beautiful Facebook post and then, and then you know, boosting that post if nobody can find the directions on how to get to your restaurant. Totally. Yeah. In addition to the book, you also give marketing and SEO tips uh, through Instagram as well. So how do you marry that marketing side with content creation and, and what do you feel like works best for you? Um, so, you know, look, there's a, however many millions of people are on Instagram. I was looking for a way to stand out. Um, and I would tell anybody that's using any social network, um, what are you doing to bring value to your followers? And if that value is, oh, I'm your family member, you want to keep up on my life, that's fine. 
that's your Instagram. You know, if you're a restaurant, you need to think about why somebody wants to follow that. If you're a food blogger, why do people follow you? And and trying to come up with like my you know purpose for being on Instagram in particular was, well, look, sure, I can take the same food porny shot as anybody else. You know, with massive cheese poles and you know piles of sliders and pizza that will make you run across a, a busy street to get. But like everybody does that. So for me, I was like, well, I'm going to use this channel to help small businesses and restaurants. And so while my photos might be those gratuitous food shots, typically, you know, two out of five posts I'm putting up there, the text is SEO tips for local restaurants, how to manage your raising reviews, you know, what you need to think about with local landing pages, why Yelp is a benefit, stuff like that. So I sort of do visually with like, you know, a heaping pile of cheesy garlic knots and then tell you how to improve your business so that i mean that's sort of my formula um and it works for me and it works for who i want to be you know and it works for my career but ultimately like i'm on there to help people with something whether it's where to find a great hot dog or how to be a better business and trying to help you know well we were looking through your instagram feed this week and it 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 looks most excellent like all the food shots on there look (laughs) look absolutely great um thank you the seam like the pictures seem very raw, but they're actually visually appealing at the same time. Do you have any techniques in getting the best shots or do you use any, um, do you use any like special filters? Just if you could talk us through that process, that'd be great. Sure. Well, I've been taking food photos and sharing them on the internet for 16 years now. So it's not like I just came up with how to do this yesterday is 16 years of getting it wrong to be <laughs> to get to that yeah, point yeah. now. Um, I actually just got asked this morning, like, oh, what type of camera do you use for that? It must be a sick SL, you know, DLSR. I'm like, it's my iPhone. It's never been anything more than my iPhone. Um, but so typically, so I use an iPhone. Um, I'm always thinking about lighting. Um, and because I have like a day job, I don't get to go out and, and take pictures of food in the, in the best light, which is daylight. Um, so I carry a light with me. I have a handheld light that basically recreates daylight on the inside. I paid 40 bucks for it. It's amazing. I totally suggest it to anybody that wants to do this. Um, I'll send you guys a link if you want to include it in the blog post or share it on social. Um, but I always think about lighting first. And so at this point now I know how to light things because I've done it so many times. Um, I will try to, you know, get the, you know, I have a few angles that I know I like that perform well for me. So I'm always trying to shoot in my angle. Um, I then edit 100% on my phone. So, you know, I'll select the photo or two or three photos that I think best represent the food and my style. And then I use uh, Snapseed by Google, which is a free app. And I recommend anybody doing this to download Snapseed. Um, you know, there's a number of things you can do in there that are standard, you know, photography editing things like white balance and HDR and saturation warmth, yada, yada. And then just know what your formula is. I know that mine is, um, you know, not too warm, not too saturated, not too structured. Like I just know my style. I can now from photo to Instagram, I can do in less than five minutes, but it's taking me years and years and years of trial and error. And even last night, you know, we went to a restaurant in Jersey city there were four of us that do this semi-professionally. And after an hour of taking photos, I was like, screw this. I can't get anything I want. I'm so angry. So like, you know, don't think you're going to be perfect just because you have the right tools or you've done it for years. Totally. And, and to that tap to that point, Snapseed is awesome. I found that app and it was way better than some of the ones that I actually paid for. So it's been good to me so far. What, why anybody would choose something else 
uh, is beyond me unless they are professional photographer. And then I understand that if you are taking food porn photos for Instagram, it's perfect. Yep. Uh, agreed. Um, so, <laughs> Hey, we, we were listening. We heard on a, on a recent podcast, uh, that you kind of see the responsibility of, uh, the social media influencer to be uh, a sort of validation of a brand outside of the brand itself. Could you speak on that a little bit more? Um, yeah, sure. So I look at influencer marketing, by that was a great question, by the way. Thank you for asking that. Um, I see influencer marketing as like an augmented version of word of mouth meets advertising, right? So if you're a brand or an agency and you're using influencer marketing, right, you're, you're buying an ad, like that's what you're doing. But the, the benefits of doing it through an influencer as opposed to like a, you know, paid type of ad is you're you're paying for access to somebody's opinion and you're paying for access to somebody's um somebody's audience so you know i have whatever thousands of followers on instagram people follow me for a reason i would like to believe it's because hospitality marketing tips it's probably more likely because they like pizza porn but right if you if you're looking to reach an audience that is into pizza gratuitous pizza shots or you know hospitality marketing tips like i'm kind of your guy um, and so I see influencer marketing as like a way to get word of mouth marketing happening through a highly targeted audience. And, you know, somebody might say, well, you know, look, Facebook ad targeting is pretty highly targeted too. I would say yes, but it doesn't come with the word of mouth portion of it, right? Like, yes, you can open up a Facebook ad and you can say, okay, males under the age of 35 that live in Y zip code and have liked watches, like, cool, that's intensely well-targeted. Go for it. Spend that money. If you want the same thing as if somebody says, hey, I know you trust me to tell you to buy where to get the best watches and this is the one, that's like – and I'm making this number up for the sake of impact on a podcast. It's like 10 times more powerful than – a highly targeted Facebook ad. And I think both of those things are important. I just think they're very different. And so to me, influencer marketing is a way to take paid advertising to the word of mouth level. Most definitely. And working, working with influence our influencers ourselves, we've definitely seen the benefit of it. So we've heard that you're an expert burger taster. <laughs> those are not my words. <laughs> well, that, that validates it even more. So, so tell us, what are your favorite local burger places? But then also <laughs> we've heard of something called the Oklahoma city onion burger that you think is mm. the best. Could you, <laughs> could you expand on that as well? So I typically, I can, I typically don't play favorites, uh, mostly because I believe there is a room for almost all burgers out there. And, you know, I like a, 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 a McDonald's burger as much as I like, like the Irish pub burger as I do like, you know, anything like i just happen to like burgers so i don't typically play favorites my favorite type of style is either a jersey or detroit style smash slider um followed by like an okay like an oklahoma city onion burger which is a very similar type burger um and the the difference there and this is like i don't get a podium and preach about anything in food except for one thing i hate it when mini burgers are mislabeled as sliders is they are not the same. A slider is a very specific way to make a hamburger, and a mini burger is a smaller version of a larger sandwich. So unless you're taking two to three pounds of fresh ground beef, beef, smashing it on a flat top griddle that's highly seasoned, steaming the buns, adding grilled onions, uh, American cheese, and pickles, that's not a slider. That's a slider. Anything else is a mini burger. Anything else and pulled pork slider, that's not a thing. 
that's a mini pulled pork sandwich. So, but I say that because it's the only thing I get angry about in, in the mislabeling of food. But my, my favorite type of burger, if I had to pick one, would be something like that, like a Detroit-style Jersey or Oklahoma City onion burger. Um, there, you'd be surprised. There are very few people in New York City doing it. Um, the one that my go-to is probably Hard Time Sundays, a guy by the name of Andrew Zurica. He's also a fan of that style. He had like a little luncheonette way out in Brooklyn. It got destroyed in Hurricane Sandy. He kind of like bootstrapped a, a burger truck, was selling burgers in the in a parking lot of a grocery store in the way way out of, Bro- of Brooklyn. It kind of took off. He got into a food stand in uh, near Grand Central Station, and now he's got like five locations. He's he's speaking on stage here in New York City tonight. Like he's probably one of my favorites because he's taken that like the the jersey style smash and married it to like a classic new york uh, i'm sorry american roadside hamburger like an in and out style burger and i just i think it's a great burger i think it's a great way to make hamburgers there aren't that many of them here in new york city i can't figure out why uh man i i just wanted i'm still just in shock by that you decided to die on a hill for sliders and uh, mini burgers <laughs> like that that's the one thing you're gonna die on a hill for that's funny to me um oh i, I would take a bullet for my kid or my wife but i'm just saying like that well, makes food, me very food, i mean food hot takes that, that's all <laughs> it may, it, I, I just feel like it's misrepresenting food and in a in a in a society where like you know, people are demanding gluten-free or cauliflower crust or, you know, organics or like any of these other things that like, you know, we want these healthier food options. The fact that we've let this one little thing go, like makes me so angry. Like, you know, like when you can walk into a, a, a pizza shop and they have like clearly defined 10 different types of, of uh, salami that you're going to put on or like distinctions between the types of pepperoni. And yet like we have not decided to like stand behind the proper definition of a slider or mini burger just heats me up. Hey, that's, that's totally fair. <laughs> I'm getting heated just thinking about it. Um, so I, I remember a very specific burger that I had recently. It was, I was in like Charlottesville, Virginia, and I went to this burger joint semi-famous and, and the burger had peanut butter on it. It was the first time I'd ever oh, had very first so time. Not only had I had it, it's the first time I've ever heard of that being a possibility. Um, and it, it just blew my mind. Uh, it was, it was amazing. It was the flavor combinations. I never knew that it really existed. So, what's another uncommon burger topping uh, that you'd recommend? Well, it's funny. The peanut butter burger, and I'll answer your question in a second. The peanut butter burger actually has its roots in a different style of burger called a goober, um, which used to be mayonnaise and peanuts. Um, and that then became, then people started using peanut butter instead of mayonnaise and peanuts. Hmm. Gross. Little, little, yeah. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Listen, I ate a, I ate a peanut butter bacon and sriracha burger last night. It was wonderful. Mm. Place called D- Diesel and Duke in in in, uh, in Jersey City. Um, what's a unique uh, unique burger I've had recently? That was the question, right? Yeah. Um, I ate a burger literally last night at a place called White Star Bar in Jersey City that had um, Swiss cheese, grilled red onions, which so far you're like, ah, it doesn't sound that abnormal, and then roasted piquillo peppers. And I've never had roasted piquillo peppers on a burger. Um, They're typically served in like Spanish dishes. So like if you went to Barcelona and went out for lunch and had wine and cheese or whatever, you would eat piquillo peppers. That's when you would eat them. Um, I've never seen anybody serve them on a burger. And in that presentation, it was it was wonderful. It was 
totally different. It was the difference of like one ingredient. I'd never had in a burger and I thought it was awesome. I'll tell you what, when I, when you guys put this podcast live and send me the link and ask me to promote it on my page, I will use a picture of that burger. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, reference. please. Did you, did, have you posted that on your, on your feed yet? No, 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 no. I ate that burger last night. Oh, okay. I'm typically, I'm, I'm typically a week to two weeks behind on Instagram than I actually ate something. I plan, I plan all my posts. I typically have my post written, drafted, and edited a week in advance of posting. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I was checking out um, like the copy you put in there, and it's it's very detailed and like very put together. And it not only promotes promotes the restaurant, but also um, the style of like marketing as well. But we have. I, I mean, look. I think you you guys have an audience of people who are sort of dancing around the influencer world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then I have no problem putting this out there. You are not an influencer if you do not talk about the business and why people should participate in their service or products. If you take selfies of yourself with products and it's all about you, you're not. And it, it irks me to no end when an influencer, like you go read their posts and it's like, oh, some jokey, you know, snarky comment, but like you don't talk to the attributes, services, or feeling that somebody will get when interacting with a product or business, you're not an influencer. You are a self promoter. And if I was a brand and I was going out there and looking for people that I'm going to spend money on, even if that's just a trade of goods and services to help promote my product, I'm not looking for people who are self promoters. That is not an influencer. I just saw an entire room of people just stand and applaud, honestly. <laughs> Bravo. And the, la- and the, la- and the last, the la- since, since we're talking about dying on, dying on swords here on this show, um, <laughs> if you are faking your engagement, just stop. Just stop. I know that that's like a duh statement, but honest to God, you, you are ruining it for yourself and else, and that hammer is on it, around the corner from falling. And if you are a brand or an agency and you are spending money, time and effort on influencer marketing and you are using influencers who have even 10% fakeness happening, you're shorting yourself. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to your customers. You're lying to that influencer and you're paying people to basically you're, you're okaying a very egregious activity. And I would invite anybody who's getting into this space to do the diligence to make sure that the influencers that you're working with, whether they are paid or unpaid, have real engagement and real followers. I think that's, like we said, that's the best, the best way to go about it. We have a fun little question here to close out the interview. <laughs> If you you're like you're like Rev, we gotta calm you down now. <laughs> no, no, you're 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 totally fine. You've given us a lot of a lot of great information, so we 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 appreciate it. You have to pick three people not related to you to eat dinner with you at your favorite restaurant. Where would it be, and who would they be? Oh man, I don't have a favorite restaurant. That's another one. Um, I, instead, I'm gonna just pick a restaurant I happen to really love. Um, there is a restaurant in, in, um, I'm, I'm blanking. I have not had enough coffee today. There is a restaurant in Florence, Italy that had the best. And I mean, it was one of the greatest food and steak experiences I've ever had in my entire life. And I would go there anytime with any person uh, and if I had to go pick like my top favorite meals of all time, 
it would probably be, it would probably be that place. And that would probably be where I would end up wanting to take somebody. So who am I taking and what is the restaurant name? <laughs> I almost don't want to, I just almost don't want to tell people cause I don't want to make it happen. But the name of the restaurant is Il Latini. Uh, and you, you, it's impossible, it's impossible to get in there. And I don't mean that it's like super exclusive. It's just very well liked and it's wonderful. Um, and go late and it's awesome. There's no menus. They, you're going to order it. It's great. Um, that would probably be the place I would go. Um, who are the three people I would take? Uh, well, my favorite band of all time is the who. So I would probably have a lot of questions for, uh, either Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend just about those songs. And as long as they were willing to answer any of my stupid nerdy questions, I would probably want to take one of them. Um, I might also take weird Al, uh, (laughs) because I think, I think that weird Al is a, is a genius. Uh, the problem with this equation is that Weird Al is a vegan and is a very steak-oriented restaurant, so he might not work. Uh, they do have pasta, so maybe we could get around that. But I think that Weird Al, despite the fact that he's ridiculously funny and silly, I actually think he's probably the smartest uh, entertainer out there. He has been relevant on every single album he's ever made. <laughs> like, how do you do that? Like, even the Rolling Stones, who are multi-million dollars, like, the last 10 records nobody has cared about. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, and then number three, I would probably, my first go-to would be somebody from the marketing universe. I would probably say Jay Bear because, uh, he is a source of inspiration for the marketing side of my life, but I have the ability to text Jay and ask some questions. So it'd probably be a waste of this answer. Um, I would, I, and I say that with all due respect that I really like that guy, uh, a whole hell of a lot. I might take, uh, John Jantz. Uh, from Duct Tape Marketing or uh, Mark Schaefer um, from the Marketing Companion Podcast because I find them to be incredible thought leaders. Um, and I listen to their podcast and I get so much from it that I would love to be able to spend an evening with them. Like, again, they'd have to get permission to let me ask tons of nerdy questions. <laughs> That's awesome. Brad, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we won't <laughs> we won't take up any more of it. Uh, if you ever feel just like ranting about influencers, though, feel free to give us a call or an email anytime. Um, <laughs> I, do, do, listen, don't threaten me with a good time and that is a very nerdy <laughs> thing to say is a good time to me but i'm, I'm happy to i'm happy to, to talk about this subject anytime you guys want i really appreciate the ability to uh, let me speak freely with my thoughts here no absolutely um so hey if if, if i want to buy your book where do i do it <laughs> uh well six rest uh six recipes for restaurant marketing success is free the best thing about that book is it doesn't cost you anything. Um, just you're, hold on, you're tell you're telling me that that book with all those secrets is free ninety nine. It, it is free ninety nine. It's on. What is it? Yeah, you can either Google the title of the book or it's on yex.com, My former employer. Uh, just go download that book. Well, I mean, when 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 I, when I was when the concept of that book came up and I was sort of tasked to write it, like there was never an idea that that was going to be a paid for book. It was always like, Hey, this is, the, I'm, I'm literally taking the best information I have in the years of experience I've had working with, you know, multinational multi-location brands. And I'm giving it all to you for free. Like, please go be better with your marketing. I, I would appreciate that. I mean, you'd be stupid not to read it. <laughs> and look, and here's the other thing. It's not a very long book. If you spend more than an hour reading that book, um, you're either a slow reader, you really like it, or the pages are upside down. Right on. And uh, what, what about your Instagram? How do people find you on that? Uh, my main Instagram is Reb Ciencio. If you're listening to this show, you're probably like, I don't know how to spell that. Um, just go to my other account, which is fun with fries. It's much easier to remember that my Reb Ciencio is in the bio there. Uh, and fun with fries has 170,000 followers and it's just French fries. So those are the easiest ways to find me. 
You know what? I, I do have to. I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. So last week I was in uh, Belgium. I went to uh, Brussels and I spent some time in Bruges. And in Bruges, there is a fry museum, a French fry museum that I went oh, to man. and I ate fries at. It was fantastic. That that's not, that sounds like you checked off a bucket list item without knowing it was on your bucket list. Oh, that, that was exactly right. <laughs> Rev, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. We we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it, guys. Best of luck. All right, everybody, that wraps up today's episode of Eat, Drink, Social. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to share or maybe you know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us. 